and welcome to another episode of the World's Team on Blogging the Boys Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am your host, Paul Stewart. I am joined by no other than the dragon of Blogging the Boys, Mike Poland. How's it going, bro? Eh, not bad. How are you, brother? I'm not too bad, not too bad, man. I had my work getaway uh, in, in Italy, ate a lot of pasta, gained a bit of weight, drank a lot of wine. Um completely oblivious to what's happening in Cowboys Nation, I'm not going to lie. Um, so I will definitely need your assistance on me this one. So, But before we do go that, um, as you may know here, folks, there has been a, a lineup change among blogging the boys. Mike has now become a full member of the World's Team podcast, but you can still follow Meg on Girls Talking Boys, but... She's not gone. She will still make appearances, and as mm. we all make appearances on Girls Talking Boys. But mm. also, also, we need to give a big shout out to the, the return of Jess Navarez on the writer's block with Brandon Laurie. So exciting times is happening on Blogging the Boys, folks, as we are heading into the 2024 season of the Dallas Cowboys. But yes, the NFL Combine has started, Mike. Mm, exciting times. This is like well, you know what I'm like when it comes to college football and the draft. Um, my wife says, uh, you know, I have more than just a problem. She says, like, you need therapy for this. That <laughs> um, you know, like, our Saturdays, like, we plan to do stuff on Saturdays. But I, I have alarms set on my phone so I can get back for college game day at the right time. And she's like, but these are, these are kids in like college and university i'm like yeah 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 she doesn't get it she's like this is confusing to me and i'm like i know i know but combine week for me is like the best week ever i, I just love it um you know it's usually when my twitter is filled the most as well with different drills and all the rest of it um but i know for you uh obviously we've had the defensive lineman tomorrow we're going to see the offensive lineman so that's the big one for you because i know you're you're all about the oh, trenches yeah. mate Absolutely. If there's one thing I think we definitely need in this draft is more offensive linemen and maybe some more more bigger bodies in the D line. So, but definitely, yeah. But uh, yeah, but speaking about like some defensive linemen, obviously yesterday, uh, not yesterday. Well, we are recording on Friday, folks, so I do apologize. Yeah. Um, so as of yesterday, which is Thursday, the yeah. defensive line and linebackers took to the field, showed off their skills, and mm -hmm. we had some really good standouts out there, Mike. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, you know, the, the, the biggest riser from yesterday is obviously Florida State Seminoles defensive tackle Braden Fisk. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, moving. Oh, wow. Like... <sighs> It was ridiculous how quick he was, like, just going for the the, the cone drills. The mm. I, I was just like, holy crap! And even for his forty yards, was actually quite impressive. But what was impressive me is his strength of his hands, yeah. like going for, for going for the dummy drills and stuff like that. I thought, holy crap! So, <laughs> like, he's he's elevated his stock one hundred percent. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like, um, you know. <laughs> You, you've seen everything. The athletic testing was good. That was nice. But it was the... When he got into the drills, it continued on. And I mean, like, we say it, you know, sort of every year that, you know, these defensive front, if you like, the, you know, the main front men on the defensive line, they come out and they're faster. They seem more athletic. And this year is no exception. 
what what's funny is like just in general with the defensive lineman, there's no real like main standout guy. You know, like usually there's always that one guy, that mm-hmm. one massive, you know, whoever it might be. Um, like usually it's an edge defender that that really stands out. There isn't that that guy, but what there are a lot of is these guys who are just outside for me anyway, and I know for a particular particularly a lot of people, there's a lot of defensive linemen that are just outside the top ten. And I think what yesterday proved is all these t- guys that are just outside the top ten, there was nobody that really disappointed, which is like you know, like every year there are there was one or two, but every year there's always like a load of letdowns on the defensive line. This year, that didn't really happen. They all kind of just stayed within what you would expect. I mean, we'll talk about one or two sort of guys who didn't test well or, or looked very good. But, like, you know, like, the, the, the edge defenders all stayed within what you expected. Mm-hmm. And defensive tackles were either where you expected or better. Um, so that was the main thing, you know, so like, you know, we say like Braden Fisk, for instance, like, you know, he, he, yeah, you see the movement skills on the field. It just that happened to be that in the, in the combine, it was better than what you expected. And I, I think that was just in general yesterday, um, you know, cause I know you, cause here's the thing, right? Uh, tell me what you think that. I think if Osa Odigizua for the Cowboys now, because every year he's having a better season, a better season. Next season, he's going to be a contract year. Do you think if he has an even better season than he did last year, he kind of prices himself out of Dallas? Potentially. I mean, especially with, especially, especially what's going on right now. We don't know what the situation with Dak's going to be. We don't know mm-hmm. with Parsons' new contract, if, he, if he's going to be paid as a linebacker or a defensive end. There's a big difference with that. There's, yeah, um, yeah there's it's contracts all over the place, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, when I stop and I think about it, like, what I'm not thinking of is I'm not thinking of this defensive line this year. We kind of, you know, you think maybe Dante Fowler, he's going to follow Dan Quinn over to Washington. I just feel it's going to go that way. You've also got, um, you've got a couple of other edge rushers and defensive tackles that may move on. Um, So I just think like this year, we kind of, we kind of have an idea of what it's going to be, but beyond this season is, What's going to happen there? What's this defensive line, especially on the inside? What's that going to look like? Because I think Neville Gallimore, I don't know what's going to go on there. Yeah, Chauncey Golston, how does he fit under Zimmer's scheme? So now it becomes a case of, right, so what does this defensive line look like in 2025? So a guy like Braden Fisk, who pops up, or Byron Murphy, Here's an interesting one that, that really stood out for me is uh, from Clemson. There's Rook Ahororo. <laughs> it's quite a, it's a wild I'm, name. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, say that again, Mike. Say that again. Uh, Rook Ahororo. <laughs> uh, that's literally, it, it, I'll, I'll oh, show you later. There's a lot of R's and a lot of O's in that name. Um, <sighs> this is the, So this is going to be a joke for our uh, British audience. <laughs> Could you imagine if you got Jonathan Ross to say that name? Oh God! Wow! Imagine that. Yeah. So for our American listeners, for our American listeners, look up Jonathan Ross. This guy cannot pronounce his R's. 
So, can't even say his last name. He can't even say his name properly. So, and and this is coming from a Scotsman and a Welshman right now. So, oh, God, yeah, I know. So we've got a cheek to talk, but we can say our ours though. Uh, but, <laughs> but I mean, but, that all depends how many cowboy readers we've had. Oh God, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, <laughs> sticking with Rook though for, from Clemson, he had a really, really good combine. And do you know what's good? Is I've gone and checked. I'm looking at the, the these guys who performed well. Just so happens that Rook was one of the guys the Cowboys decided to take a formal interview with. Okay, so this is this is a really good question I want to ask you, right? So when it comes to these former interviews, it's going to give you a, a quite a clear indication the direction where we are Definitely. going to go into this draft. So tell me, Mike, like who have we actually had formal interviews with so far? On the uh, defensive line or just in general? Just, uh, I would say from the defensive line right now, then we can dive into other positions later. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you've got Mason Smith from LSU. Um, I really like Mason Smith. Um, me and Brian were talking about him last week. I think he's fantastic. He says some things that need to be checked on, uh, which we won't know about, unfortunately, that go on behind the scenes. He's a big one. Um, so Texas A&M's McKinley Jackson. Um, I'm I. So you know, I'm an Aggies fan, but I, I'm not. I'm not up for the idea of them drafting him because, unfortunately, he's very inconsistent. Uh, and you've actually seen that in the combine, that um, the movement skills are there one minute and gone the next. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not up for that. Michigan, I know. Michigan's Chris Jenkins. Right, okay, right, right, right. I think yeah. we do need to, like, Chris... We've had a big stare when it comes to Cowboys Nation right now. <laughs> when it comes to the, the word Michigan and yeah. Dallas Cowboys right now, because obviously we went, we went, we double dipped into yeah. Michigan players last year and Mazzy Smith and Luke Shoemaker. Don't get me wrong, they still have time to grow and develop. Like, we're not, they haven't been expected to be like the impactful first rounder or this tight end is going to take over Jake Ferguson. No, yeah. it's not the case. But mm -hmm. okay. the idea going into this draft, because everyone's now associating every time we draft a Michigan player, it kind of relates back to when we drafted Tackle Charlton. Which, <laughs> yeah. And I can understand the skepticism and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. different players can fit different systems a lot easier than others. Let's be honest here. So, um, but don't, don't, uh, I, what we'll see is don't give up on Mazzy Smith or Shoemaker oh, just yet. No, it's no. still early, right? We knew going into this draft, we like a Mazzy Smith, he had to lose weight due to Dan weight, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Quinn's uh, request essentially. Yeah, and that's not what we wanted them to be. We wanted to be this absolute juggernaut of a run stopper, and he ended up mm -hmm. losing what was it like sixty pounds? And it didn't make any sense to me. It made no sense. So if I'm Mike Zimmer, tell him to put the weight back on and focus what you did best is stopping the run and actually filling up those gaps. That's exactly what we need right now. So yeah, but 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 anyway, sorry, mate. I just had to go off that no, no, little no. had to go off that little tangent about Michigan. And I do apologize to one of our good friends, Chris Lee, because he is a big Michigan fan. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, Chris, but uh, I, 
I had to say it. We've not really had the the blow up when it comes to Michigan players coming to Dallas so far. So you can understand how Cowboys Nation are acting right now. So, but <laughs> but uh, but if you're listening, dude, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I, you say go off on a tangent. I will put in now a um, a disclaimer that when you get me and Paul talking together, it happens a lot. Tangents oh, come yeah, on. Yeah. And you may have to put the podcast on half speed because if we do really get going, are the American listeners going to wonder what we are talking about? To be fair, though, to be fair, me and Meg went off in tangents all the time where I came from Taylor Swift, oh, yeah. com- Taylor Swift conversations or me being absolutely mad with it the night before or talking about Glasgow <laughs> Celtic. It, it can go off in so many directions. But anyway, back to the yeah. topic. Back to the but, topic of point. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they, we just talked about Aruka Hororo as well from Clemson. He was the fantastic. One that is interesting, uh, and you don't know, like uh, like a Rorschach test where you can decide what the picture kind of is, is Tavondre Sweat from Texas. Um, so they've had a formal interview with him. Now, this guy, right, just so you know, came in, weighed in 366 pounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so you know, as as a reference, that's the second heaviest in uh, combine history since two thousand and two. Wow! Well, wow! Holy crap! Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so right, so obviously, I'm not fully up to date with the whole drafts uh, rating so far in terms of what did the forty dash and free yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever. Not what was his forty? I need to know that. Uh, I can get that for you now very, very quickly. But what I can tell you, so what I mean by Rorschach test with Tavondre Sweat is uh, the issue we've got is that he looks great on tape, right? And tape is the biggest barometer, as you know, of, of any sort of whatever you're looking at, no matter what. But here's the problem. His uh, movement skills and drills... Um, were ve- they were bad. Um, so his 40 time, so we can get it up. If I get to Vondre Sweat now, so I'm just going into his RAS score. I did have it on my phone because I, I posted it on Twitter. Uh, so his 40 time, so you're aware. So you, when, when you hear it, 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 it is it, it is worse than what it was. So his 40 time is four, five, five to seven. And his 10-yard split was 1.8. For a guy that size, that is ridiculous. Yeah. I, and But, like, here's the problem. Here's where it gets bad. His vertical was only 26. I mean, if you're a guy that... I mean, what do you expect? You're, like, 360 pounds. You're not going to exactly jump like bloody... No, no. Jump like a kangaroo, are you? No, so, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'm I, like, I'll be honest. I am not bothered about the vertical. I'm not that bothered by it. I'm bothered about if he can actually move his f- feet when it really matters. Like, yeah. and he and he can for a big guy. Like, was it a five two? Five five two. Yeah, uh, for a five two yeah. for a guy that's three sixty. That is ridiculous. It's just it was lacking explosion. A lot of his stuff in the drills. So his RAS score came in at four. So he, he would be in the forty one. percent 41st, 41th almost said then, 41st percentile. Mm. Speaking about Raz scores, one of the guys I 
I'm I'm a big fan of, right? And yeah. we've we had this conversation before we recorded, right? Mm-hmm. Peyton, Peyton Wilson of NC State, right? He, he looks fantastic, right? But yeah. but we do not want to be in an ass situation where it's going to be an LVE. There you go. An R Jalen Smith, mm-hmm. another uh, Sean Lee. Sean Lee, or who? Who's the fourth? Uh, we got Damone Clark, who came Damone, in with massive. Yeah, yeah. Clark. So there's a theme here, folks. All these linebackers have injury history. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe not so much Sean Lee when he first joined, but in terms of when he played for the Cowboys, he ended up getting an injury history. But, but you get the point. The point is, it's like. Peyton Wilson, as gifted he might be right now, the only thing that's putting him down right now is his injury history and his age. He's 24, I believe, right now. Correct, yeah. And by the time when the draft happens, he'll be 25. Mm. Yeah, well, so, so when he gets to training camp, he'll be 25. Yeah, by the time, yeah, time... So that's quite late for and to be in your NFL career, essentially, if you want to like have a long... But... but End of the day, but can he be an impactful player when he first comes in? Potentially, but the is he really worth going for like a first or second round on the guy like that because of those factors? Yeah, because mm. we saw it with likes of other players like Damone Clark, he was bound to be a second round draft pick at one point, and, yeah. we, ended, and, we, and we ended up getting him on that was it the fifth? Uh, I believe it was the fifth, yeah, it was the fifth or fourth. it was definitely early day three. Yeah. So and then we yeah was great. we ended up getting Damone Clark later on and stuff like that. So yeah. all these all these factors play into case here. But I but correct me if I'm wrong. He's not one of the guys I had a former interview. Correct? Yeah. No, he hasn't had a formal or informal. So they've literally stayed away from. Talking yeah. So my dream of that pet cat might not be <laughs> not might not happen. So. I but, mean, the guy's Raz score, mate, is through the roof. It's, I think oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was what I meant to say there. Yeah, the Raz score is rid- ridiculous. What what was the total score again? 98. Mm. Or 9.8, 9. but 98%. Like, I think the highest I've ever seen since that is probably our very own Matt Willett score. Like, Matt Willett score had a high one. And um, oh, the, the nose tackle, your guy, you really liked him. We shipped him off. To Washington. Oh, um, oh God, uh, John Ridgeway. Yeah, that's the way. Yep, that's uh, yeah. John Ridgeway. Yep. Yeah. See, it's all coming. Yeah, it's all starting to flow back in, back into yeah. the memory bank. I know. I know. When you take some time off, it, it, <laughs> it really, it just, yeah, you need to be on the ball all the time here, folks. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a weird one, that. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of linebackers, they have spoken to a few. So, Edwin Cooper, who we know. Um, right, so, yeah, Edwin Cooper has been talked about a lot. Like, oh, yeah. So, we've got our friends from JTUC to our friends at the Cowboys Can Fan. They did a whole massive talk about him. Cooper even ended up sharing their content out. So, he's fully aware that Cowboys Nation likes the look of him, would love him to come to Dallas Mm-hmm. So, do you see him being a guy in the first two rounds potentially? Yeah, yeah, he's so Peyton Wilson and Cooper in the combine both have blown it out. Um, they were both really good, not just in the testing, in the drills as well. Both the smoothest linebackers in there. Um, 
my my issue it's not an issue but just because of the way the game the nfl game has transitioned it's the linebackers nowadays it's hard to find what the cowboys are after what we're all after is that big thumper that can hit the a gap you know stop the run fill it all in because that, that that's the mike zimmer defense but that's actually hard to find in nowadays game because Edwin Cooper, 6'2", 230 pounds. So that's obviously that you're already looking at a a lighter linebacker, which the Cowboys have plenty of. But Cooper is really honestly, he is that good. And he can stop the run too. Um he's that clog and cover type guy. He's even got a bit of pass rush to him. Um, but just to give you what he run, he run the 40 in 4.44 seconds and he's six foot two 230 pound so on the height weight scale if you've got go on the height weight for time at six foot two a guy to run that that fast uh is usually for a guy around about a 200 pound so cornerbacks are running that speed support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's how fast he was running. So he, he was really good. And, and it was, he, I think, Edwin Cooper, he fits a lot of what the Cowboys are after. Um, is it a type of guy that Zimmer is after, though? This is the thing. Like, I worry about how that fits. I think he, Zimmer would be able to make it work because he is that type of guy, but it's not really what he's after. We know what they're after. They're after a thumper. They're after that big guy that can, that hulking big guy with a bit more mass who can take it all on. Essentially, we want a Ray Lewis, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be nice. But, you know, ironically, because of how college footballs play, even in the NFL, linebackers nowadays, when you think about it, it's very rare you see four, three defences with three linebackers. It's two linebackers, sometimes one linebacker. So, that means that you need these faster, shiftier linebackers that can tackle, they can 
you know, they can drop into coverage. And that's just the way it's gone. And for what the Cowboys are after, Cooper is on the lighter side. He's he's lighter. His frame isn't really... You can't turn around either and say, oh, he's 6'2". He's at least £230. Let's, like, max him up a bit more. And you look at it and you just think, no, his frame is maxed up enough. You don't want to put too much on. And also, because he, of his speed and his burst, if you put more weight on, you kind of take away one of the things that makes him special. Um, and then you just look at what you've got with Damone Clark and Demarvian Overshone already. Yeah. That you put Cooper in and you're already in a similar brand of types of linebacker there. The only other thing to counter my argument with that is that the Cowboys just need linebackers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been seeing this. It's from, not enough. Yeah, I've been seeing this from day one that, like, in terms of depth, that's the shortest yeah. in all, all positions. We've It's been the shortest position for the past two or three seasons because with Parsons now want to be a defensive end, it's, it's left the, uh, the options very limited. So mm-hmm. we've had to bring Marquise Bell down to become a linebacker and stuff like yeah. that. Like guys have never really transitioned playing that in college, now playing it at a pro level. So it would be nice to get some bigger bodies to actually fill that gap. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So Jerry, Steven, I, if you're listening, please get us a big, nasty linebacker. <laughs> well, here it is, right? I, I can I can tell you they've had a formal interview, um, uh, uh, and um, yeah, so they have had a formal interview. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you curl again. That there's that big hulking linebacker they had a formal interview with as well, close to 250 pound, six foot three, is actually very good at stopping run. Not really much of a pass rusher. But tackling fuel, he has tackling fuel, mate. Here he goes. Are you ready? I'm gonna upset you. He's from Michigan. <sighs> Junior, Junior Colson, yeah. And he he had a good combine too so far. Man, I I can't hate the guy. I don't know much about him, but he may look great in filming that. But I think it's just the whole narrative again of being from Michigan. Advert. And but yeah, so back to a like I just I don't know what it is with Michigan players. Like we kind of mentioned this <laughs> earlier on the show, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm I'm just I need to do more research. That's my thing. I need to look more into these players a lot more. So but yeah. this is this is why we've got you here, Mike. You're here to help me on that. <laughs> I'll I'll fill the gaps for you. And then what I'll do, I tell you what I'll do, right? When we finish the show, I will email you my draft board. It's not completely in order. It's all in alphabetical order. But if you want to talk about where we rank players, we can do that, mate. You know my, you know my draft board. It's very pretty. It's very colourful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, F- uh, folks. Just to give you a picture of <laughs> Mike's draft spreadsheet. <laughs> it, it's, it's like staring into the world of quantum physics. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's multicolored. If you have color blindness, then you are screwed. If you if you have um 2020 vision, you are screwed and watching it reading this because it is it's a beauty of pure technicality wisdom, and I still don't know how to use it. 
<laughs> it's got lots of little secret buttons you've got to press. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Junior Colson, he's he is more what the Cowboys are after. I think that will be the pick, perhaps. Actually, I, I say will be, I've got to say perhaps. Oh. So I can, I can just see it right now, right? <laughs> Draft day, Roger Goodell's gonna go up. It's like Colson, Michigan. Everyone's gonna be like, "What? Another Michigan player? Are you kidding yeah. me?" On like that's gonna be the reaction. Sadly, that's what it's gonna be like if, if that's the route we do go. And it's uh, and yes, it's unfair to the player. If this player could be the the one that actually might turn the key and say, "Hey, I'm the difference maker of Michigan. That like I'm the guy," mm-hmm. but. No disrespect to my the, the previous guys that came over and my, my two teammates and Luke and uh, Mazzy, but I'm a game changer and I'm here to prove that. That may be the case. Who knows? But you, you just know fans are going to react if if oh, yeah. that if that name Michigan gets announced once in this draft. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be game over, <laughs> right? Yeah. From the from the fans' perspective, from your average Cowboys fan. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, like the guy, the guy's he's fairly clean. Um, so you know, he didn't do the, the the testing. You know, I said he's had a good combine. It's more like he's had, from what I've seen, from what comments have been made, is he's a likable guy that people uh, have liked when they've spoken to him. But you watch the tape, you, like I say, he's just a tackling machine, uh, and he's he's the big guy who can clog clog and attack downhill. Um, that's the type of guy you want. He can be over aggressive, which is a problem. Um, quite a few this year, quite a few defensive line players, quite overly aggressive, which can affect things. But you know, I, I quite I quite like Colson. I like the idea. But like you say, the issue is is it's it's the logo on the helmet that that's the trouble. And hmm. you know, when you when there's already been. So much branding with that already. It's a worry. But, yeah, those have been the guys. In terms of of pass rushers, I've been surprised with with the Cowboys because I would have thought, you know, if Dorrance Armstrong doesn't come back as well, you think, what's going to happen at defensive end? So you're going to have – you've obviously got Tank on one side. I will say this, mind. Having uh, Zimmer in really helps. Helps. I totally agree with you on that one. He's going to have a huge year. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't put it that way. It just it fits everything so perfectly. Uh, he will just never come off the field. And then, you know, we've got Michael Parsons one way. And I think this now is going to be the year for Sam Williams to come in. But now you've got to kind of like look at everything else behind that in terms of pass rushes. So we've got Junior Fajoko. You know, Tyrus Wheat, and you kind of like go, wow, you know, we was talking about having a plethora of pass rushers, um, of pass rushers last season. Now, all of a sudden, we are starting to think about we need edge defenders, but they haven't really had many for they haven't had any formal interviews at the moment. It's all informal, inter- and I don't really pay much attention to the informal interviews because. It's just like, like, what, it's, it's like a late conversation, pretty much. What does it mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it like, are you sitting down having a coffee with a guy? Or is it that, you know, say the, say Will McClay passes a certain player, like 
<laughs> like everyone was, even I did it. They were like, ooh, they've had an informal talk with Brock uh, Bowers, the tight end. Fantastic player. Insanely productive. I, he's very high. He's in my top five. But they've said, oh, he's had a... And people are like, why would you want to have an informal interview with the tight end? But what does informal mean? Like, for all we know, that's Will McClay passing Brock in the hallway and shaking his hand. <laughs> right, so I saw some news, like, like obviously, like you mentioned, informal, right? We saw there was the, the, the tight end uh, from Georgia. Is it Brock Bowers or something? Is yeah, that's what I'm on. Brock Bowers, yeah, yeah. yeah. This to me is just all media nonsense. If I'm being perfectly honest, like we're not going to be drafting a tight end, right? We're not. Oh no, definitely not. No. We don't need one, right? So we can no. nullify that, right? But going back to the formal interviews, Mike. Yeah. Can you list out any anything that we should be kind of um, how would I phrase this? Be taking I keep a close attention to. A surprise close attention to it, actually. Yeah, so two... Well, there's three formal... in. Okay, let's go with four I quite like that have popped out. So I, I've done the scouting report on him this week, whereas wide receiver Brian Thompson Jr. from LSU. Um, I know me and you have talked about wide receiver uh, in the draft. Now, Brian Thomas Jr. is not going to be available to Dallas in the second round. So that means they've given a formal interview to him, knowing that the only way you're going to get him is to use a first-round pick on him. So that could be one of their ideas. The other three, though... Go on, sorry. Just, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I know. I know. Uh, like, I'm like especially with the stack of talent, like what we've seen with the offensive line in this first yep. round, mm -hmm. it's too hard to pass up. Like, yep. like you've got Graham Barton, you've got... Um, Jackson Bowers. Yeah, from Oregon. Like, yeah. I know that's your guy. That's two of my guys, actually. Barton and Powers <laughs> Johnson. Yeah, that's the, that's the two guys I really like. Yeah, I but mean, I like, you know, they've gone but, through so many, you know, you go through them all. The offensive line talent. And like, this is what on Saturday, the offensive line group is going to be important because there's a cluster of them at like the middle, the end of the first round and beginning yeah. of the second round. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Like, like there's a lot of talent. I just don't see us taking an our first round wide receiver when we don't really need to. Yeah, right. Because there is going to be other good wide receivers later on in the draft. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, definitely. But, it's a, it's like, a talented group, mate. Yeah, because that's what you're kind of telling me. Like, there's Brian Thompson from LSU. There's that mm -hmm. guy. So who else do you have on your list? Yeah. So the other three, and I know you're going to like these, are all running backs. So good. Finally, yeah, finally, yeah. a position <laughs> that I like we really do need because obviously Dodo and Parlard are in question right now. Yeah. So the likely chance of us picking up a running back in this draft are amplified by 10. Yeah. So, yes. So hit me with it, mate. Hit me with so it. So the, the three that are very interesting. So the first one is the Seminoles running back, uh, Trey Benson. They've given him a formal interview. Now, he's not a guy who you would have to be to play second fiddle with Pollard. It just doesn't make sense. If you're drafting Trey Benson, which you would have to do with probably your second round pick, which is okay. It's a little early, but you know, if that's a need and that's your guy, that's where you go. Okay. But Trey Benson isn't a guy because you know, like 
what Pollard, what we've seen from Pollard last season is the limitations. And that's and he, why he, and to me, that's why he was a fourth rounder. Yeah. Because he, he has limitations. Definitely. Honest, like, like I wouldn't mind us getting a running back in the second round because we've done it. We've done it well previously in the past. We got likes of Demarco Murray back back yeah. in the day. He was yeah. a second rounder, etc. He did really well for us. He was our RB one for years to come, etc. Mm -hmm. Then they made a really stupid move by going to those dirty eagles. But mm. it, anyway, but <laughs> but like if there's a if there's a running back worthy of picking up in the second round that is really good value from a uh, value, then yeah, go for it. Yeah. But I would still want to see us get those other positions indeed addressed first, if that's possible, which is goal line and linebacker. But yeah, but if the best player available at that time is a running back, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. And if they drafted Trey Benson, really what they're saying to me, and they're giving him a full formal interview, and it kind of seems in the card anyway, but if that's what they're doing, then that is your Tony Pollard replacement. So you still need to get the thunder to Trey Benson's lightning, kind of like what Pollard uh, and Zeke was. You know, Zeke was the thunder to Pollard's lightning. Yeah. So that's what you're doing there. But if they do decide to keep Pollard, the other two guys fit that role. And the other two guys is Audric Estemi. And I really like this guy from Notre Dame. Uh, and the other guy is Braylon Allen uh, from Wisconsin. So already, Wisconsin, you know that that's physical football, downhill running. Do you know what I mean? It's power. It's power football. Mm -hmm. So th those are the two guys for me who, if they because they're giving them formal interviews, so we're talking about them. So, like, both Audric Estemi um, and Braylon Allen, they, they fit the bill. Do you know what I mean? Like, Braylon Allen is nearly £250. Okay, right. Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> like yeah, just, exactly. Like just, just from that point there, okay, that has now grabbed my attention. Yeah. So, now I'm very intrigued to see what his game film's going to be like. So, Oh, it's now, nice. Right, so okay, that's very interesting. So, so that was a uh, or was that Audric? That was Braylon Allen. Audric Estime is, is he's not that far off either. So, um, uh, Audric Estime, you will love the tape when you see it. Um, he's close to 230 pounds. That, um, that seems like a, a decent way for the running back. That seems to be what Zeke and like uh, a Saquon Barkley is like 230, yeah. 240, uh, but it. But 260, geez, that's like that's like UFC heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's close to that. When you know, when we're talking Trey Benson, he's like 220 pounds. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so he is a he is a lot lighter in terms of that. But well, you know, both of these guys, Audrey me, you still will get some receiving. You can still use him as a receiver, but with Braylon Allen, that, that receiving option is kind of more by the wayside because of just the type of runner he is. But with Braylon, you can wait a bit later um, in the draft to pick him up. But they've, they've given both of these guys, which is talent. So what they've done is, to me, when I look at, uh, and this is why you said, you know, the surprise sort of side of it all, is it the, the stark difference between the... the, the, the oh, so you've got Audrey Gaspi, Braylon Allen, and then you've got Trey Benson. So Trey Benson is them saying Pollard's gone. So if they're doing that, 
they need to pick up in free agency, a, you know, the hulking big bowling ball type running back. Mm-hmm. Or if they decide to keep Pollard in whichever way they decide to do it, then it's going to be one of these two other guys. And that's what they've done in these interviews. If you look at the two interviews, it's the two, it's both, they kept, they've gone, they've zigged and they've zagged. I think Paul has priced himself out to stay in Dallas, if I'm being perfectly honest. But, I think so too, yeah. Yeah. But speaking about, like, because we've talked a lot, a lot about this combine and stuff like that. Yes, it's, uh, to me, uh, the combine is a very important process where it comes to getting to understand players and stuff like that, as is your pro days, etc. But still, I still think for me, mm-hmm. if there's one thing that outshines both the combine and the pro day, it's actually the senior bowl. Yeah, 100%. The reason why I say that is because you've got all these players all across the nation actually in shoulder pads and helmet playing side by side with each other who have never played played before in their life they're going up against them they're playing side by side with them they might not even meet them for the first time and they have to work as a unit that mm-hmm. to me shows where if players can come on top from the senior bowl then yeah. that's a good check mark because you think when you look at like especially when it comes to offensive linemen, like Cole Strange was one of them who went to the mm-hmm. Patriots. A guy that was considered as a fourth rounder went to the first round. It was mm-hmm. the same with uh, Quinn Miners. The guy yeah, went Quinn to Miners the Miners was the big one. Yeah, that was the big one who went from uh, went to the Broncos. Who was just short from getting to us. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I was so I'm still mad about that. But, we both loved him, didn't we? we were both oh, we did. Oh, that. dude, honestly. <laughs> like, Quinn Miners was to me, like, like he was the, the hot jacket potato of that draft. Yeah. I thought, I really, I really... And he that, was the white whale. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah. but there's going to be some offensive linemen in this draft that's really going to stand out. So, and, yeah, I think when it comes to, like, so senior bowl, senior bowl, yeah. like, People, I don't think people realize how important that is yeah. to yeah. the process, for least, especially for the scouts and stuff like that. They're going to see them more up close. They're, they're still in football shape. It's mm-hmm. the end of the season, and they're getting to work with people they've never worked with before, coaches they've never worked with before, and try and get a base understanding of how their mind works. Can yeah. they follow simple instructions, follow the plays? They've never worked on before so simple. Uh, well, not so simple, but so effectively. Yeah. That shows a lot. That can raise your stock. Like, you can still have a gifted athlete going into the combine. And this is no disrespect to certain players. You can have a great combine, look great, look great in interviews. But how do you deal with new teammates that you've never worked with before on the first yeah. day? That's yeah. the que- that's the question. So yeah. that's uh, all it, it- no, I, I'm totally with you. I, I'm when it comes to all of it. The, yeah, the senior bowl, and you got to give it up to Jim Nagy and the team over there. They select those players like way in the back, and they're just way ahead of the curve on all of this. They they put that thing together perfectly. But the two things to me is I'm with you. It, it it's big because it shows that they they're out of their comfort zone first of all, right? Mm-hmm. So they they they've got to put it together. They're against equal or better talent to what they used to when they were playing in college because they're up against guys who have warranted to be there from Jim Nagy and the team. But the third one is it's about the change of coaching, the change of scheme, that there's no sense of comfortability with the players around you. Because as you say, you they 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 don't know them, so they've got to have to figure it out. So it's 
you see the drills, but then you see in the game then, how are they able to uh, put it together when they, like, what's their versatility like? What is the, the talent like? Because you've got to be talented to be able to play in a change of versatility. So it's um, it's very big. I'm, I'm with you there, 100%, yeah. mate. Yeah, I just thought we'd kind of finish off the show on that little note there, Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realize, like, from the, from the senior ball onwards, all of it has so much important value when it comes to the scouting process. And yeah, so it's just names you need to kind of keep an eye on players that have stood out in the senior ball, the, inf- the uh, informal interviews, there's the former interviews. How is it all linked? That will give you a clear indication where Dallas could be going, folks. So, but that will be the end of this week's show. Um, mm-hmm. be sure so be sure to go check out bloggingtheboys.com for all the latest news and articles and check out all the podcasts, which is available every single day. Like I mentioned, you can go and check out Meg and Kelsey on Girls Talking Boys and with the return of Jess Navarez coming back with Brendan Aubrey on the writer's block. Be sure to go and check that out. But before we do go, Mike, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, on Facebook, but mainly Twitter, at Kenvick Cowboy. Kenvick spelt with a K, Cowboy spelt with a K. What about you? Where do they can find you, mate? And you can find me at I am Peace2 and most major platforms. But yes, that is it here for the world's team. We'll be back here next week to cover up very much the, the rest of the NFL Combine and any other latest news that's happened during that week, maybe some other interviews. But until then, it's a goodbye from us. And like we normally do, you see, and the world's team is Dallas forever, Valley for never.